And it's time for another edition of the Fun in the Sun podcast, where we're talking all things Sunbelt football. I am Eggman Chambers, where you can find me on Twitter and Radio Guy AC. And my co-host, as always, you can find him on Twitter and watch the Stone, Mr. Brian Stone. And man, right off the top, it really kind of sweeps away as our one big thing. Last week, we were talking about how it was such a similar stretch as to what last year was around this same time georgia southern had just pulled a big win over appalachian state knocked them from the rankings uh again it was the same thing on repeat well this past week was the same thing on repeat again because georgia southern dropped the ball and app state got the second biggest if not first biggest win on the season yeah, I mean, no doubt about that. We we had been talking up this App State South Carolina game for weeks. I want to say leading up to this one, um, but on on you know my side of things, I don't know if you want me to go ahead and dive into this game or whatever off the top, but uh, just a failure all around. Um, you know, especially when you have a head coach who doesn't really excel in any area. Uh, as far as, you know, he doesn't call plays for either side of the ball. He leaves that up to the coordinators. So really his job is just to make big decisions and to pump guys up. And for them to come out and play as flat as they have the last two years after beating App is is almost inexcusable. Well, I'll kind of put a I'll, I'll put a zip on you there so that way we could you we could save a lot of your in-depth analysis on this Georgia Southern game it's going to be a big talking point as we roll through uh, the recaps here because man week 11 was an exciting week uh, in the Sun Belt Conference we had a lot of close games but for once uh, we did not have a close midweek game last Thursday night as it was the first game during the week it was a blowout in Conway as the raging Cajuns man from start to finish they just dominated the Chanticleers Levi Lewis four touchdowns three through the air one on the ground he was near perfect at 26 for 30 passing for 296 and a 95.2 QBR I mean you can this game what more is there to talk about than Louisiana dominated in South Carolina, or I should say, I apologize, Coastal Carolina, just they were flat, man. They they look like they were absolutely way out of their league. Yeah, and, and it really does, you know, the Sun Belt by and large is sort of top heavy um, because once you get past the first two power teams being App and Louisiana, basically at this stage of the season, uh, everybody else is just sort of in this like middle tier where no one can kind of break free or really show any, you know, any any giant strides to keep up with those two teams. But Louisiana at this stage, uh, you know, I guess they're they're still angry about losing against App a couple weeks ago, but they look like a buzzsaw here as of late. Yeah, 48 to 7. I mean, 339 yards through the air, 225 on the ground. Coastal Carolina's offense was uh, very stagnant after they'd had some good showings the past couple of weeks. Bryce Carpenter struggled. Fred Payton saw some action. He was 3 for 3 passing with the lone touchdown. Uh, all of a sudden, do you feel like we have a, another QB controversy in Conway? Because we've seen it time and time again with Coastal Carolina when one quarterback struggles and the other one comes in and shows some signs, a little bit of signs of life. They end up going with the guy who saw limited action the next week. It wouldn't stri- It would not surprise me one bit if Fred Payton suited up as a starter for this team next. 
Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the quarterbacks for this team, it's almost like they have two backups. And and when I say that, I mean like Fred Payton struggles to put it together on a on a on a week to week basis, which is kind of the reason why they gave him the hook and put Bryce Carpenter in. But now he kind of looks like a backup quarterback for a team as well, where he can come in and play good one week, and then the next week he absolutely stinks it up. So, uh, I, you know, as far as quarterback controversy, I think the only controversy is do they have a quarterback on this roster that can that can successfully put together several weeks in a row of solid play? Yeah, you're exactly right. I don't. I. I and really looking at this team and looking at this roster, my vote is no. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say. Uh, I think I think Coastal, you know, they're they're the newest team still to the Sun Belt as far as having moved up from FCS. Uh, I just don't feel like they're there talent wise yet, and and maybe you know Jamie Chadwell uh, and the rest of that staff needs a few more recruiting cycles in order to kind of get up get up to speed. But um, you know, four and five this season, one and four in the Sun Belt. Uh, they don't look like they, I mean, I honestly don't, don't see them go into a bowl game with the way that their schedule finishes out. They're probably going to beat Texas state in the finale, but I don't, I don't see this team beating Arkansas state or ULM at this stage. Well, with the win, Louisiana getting to seven and two on the season four and one in the Sunbelt coastal Carolina drums to four and five, one and four in the Sun Belt. Well, we move on to Saturday and a thriller in San Marcos in what we dubbed kind of the toilet bowl uh, last week between Texas State and South Alabama. And, hey, the game was what we thought it was, a close game between uh, between these two schools. Uh, and, hey, Tyler Vitt, this is, this is the game that Tyler Vitt actually looked like a starting caliber quarterback. Yeah, you know, he's another guy that has trouble putting to get putting it together on a week to week basis. And I don't know how much of that is is on him or how much of it is the roster that they have around him. Uh, you know, Vitt was the the leading rusher at 42 yards. The next highest, uh, you know, the next best rusher on the team only had 27 yards on 11 carries. So they really put it on Vitt's shoulders. And, and you know, he came through through for three 373 yards and three scores so you know good for texas state we did look at this going into this one as one of the more winnable games on their schedule well do you think it helped south alabama that they made the change from cephas johnson to trotter do you think that helped them here any at all yeah i mean the fact that they were even competitive and kept it within one score shows that trotter should probably be the guy the next the rest of the year just to you know even even building towards the future, I mean, Cephas Johnson's clearly not the guy. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And this is a thing, you know, you're in a position where you're, you are now South Alabama. Just let Trotter roll out the rest of the year and, and just see what you got. And that way you can start fresh next year because that's where you're at in the season for South Alabama. Yeah, I mean, Trotter's a freshman. So, I mean, he's got years to to figure this out. And clearly, South, it's not like South Alabama's one player away from competing for a conference title and they just couldn't figure it out at quarterback. I mean, they essentially need to retool that entire team in order to kind of make a change. So, I mean, go with the freshman the rest of the year. You're already 1-8. and eight. You're not going to make a bowl game. What do you have to lose at this stage? That's exactly right. I agree with you Uh 100%. Texas State with the win getting to 3-6 and six on the season. And 2-3 and and in this conference, South Alabama drops to 1-8, and 0-5 oh and in the conference. Well, 
Uh, Georgia Southern fresh off that win of knocking App State from the ranks of uh, the top 25. Uh, Georgia Southern had a chance to really put their uh, claws firmly in the top spot of the Sunbelt East Division. And the same story as last year, they came out flat. They fell behind 14 to nothing. And this was just a game, man. It, 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 was, it was crazy at just how similar the past two weeks have been for Georgia Southern to what they were this time a year ago. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, we talked about it a little bit at the top of the show, but, you know, it's the exact same song and dance as last year. The only difference is the opponent. I mean, Georgia Southern comes off of their best win of the season. They play at App, you know, on on Halloween. They beat them for the first time in Boone since 2007. And then, you know, everybody coming into this game, including myself, including beat reporters around the team, were saying, you know, you have to be aware of what happened last season. Like, you can't just think, oh, that's totally not on the table. It definitely was because they came out the flattest I've seen them since they lost to ULM last season. Um, you know, in the fourth quarter at the very top, they were they were down six points. I mean, it was 27-21 with 14, you know, 54 to go in the game. Okay, well, Troy ripped off three straight unanswered touchdowns, and the game was, I mean, it was done. So, you know... Like I said, it's almost unforgivable for a coach like Chad Lunsford, who doesn't really coach either side of the ball, to not have his guys pumped up when all he does is mostly recruit and, you know, make decisions about like when to go for it on fourth down and then like elbow drop inanimate objects. So this is one of those things you have to get your guys ready to play because you know exactly what what is at stake here and what happened last season. Well, with Barker throwing 41 passes, completing 27 of them for 330, three touchdowns, he didn't have one interception, but when you throw the ball up 41 times, I mean, chances are at least one of them could get picked. Do you think that this is one of those things where the secondary is the weakest link on this Georgia Southern defense. Do you think Troy was able to exploit what App State couldn't because of the weather and because of the way the receivers just couldn't catch any balls on Halloween night? Well, you know, what they exploited was exactly what happened to us against, you know, LSU. Uh, what, that, that happened to us a little bit against App late in that game is if teams start, you know, putting together first downs, and and going up tempo, Georgia Southern just cannot adjust. They play the softest zone out of any team I've ever seen on defense where if you have crossing routes, they are just going uncovered on every single play. So I don't know if it's this weird bend but don't break thing, but if you're allowing eight yards of completion like they did to Caleb Barker, I mean, teams are going to take that all day and then you know, they're just walking down the field on you. And then by that point, you know, they're in the red zone before you can blink. So, I mean, going before the App State game, the secondary was the biggest concern because there was at least one play up until we played into the streak of rain games where guys were getting behind the secondary and scoring. And I thought that that might be an issue against App, but obviously the weather factored in. So, like I said, it's just, it, it's completely, you know, unforgivable as far as a loss goes. Uh, at this stage in the season, it looks like their year is essentially over outside of maybe sneaking into a, a bowl game played in Alabama. But 
you know, they may play a, a directional Michigan team or something, but it's really not going to matter all that much. Well, with the win, Troy getting to four and five on the season, two and three in the conference. Georgia Southern dropping to five and four, three and two in the conference. Well, we t- we said the game had potential to be high scoring, but once again, it is uh, the the Jekyll Hyde Georgia State team that is Georgia State. They drop one to Louisiana Monroe, forty five to thirty one. Uh, Dan Ellington, 5 for 10, passing 42 yards. And then you had uh, the uh, the backup come in there uh, as well during the game. Cornelius Brown, a freshman, had to come into the game. So w- when you start seeing things like that happening for uh, this Georgia State team, when you take uh, Ellington out of the equation, this is a totally different Georgia State team. Yeah, you know, Ellington got hurt at at, uh, at one point in the uh, second quarter, I want to say, and clearly Cornelius Brown, the backup, just doesn't have the the arm to keep them, you know, a multi-dimensional offense. Uh, Trey Barnett was sensational in this one, so was Destin Coates, his backup. You know, those two each ran for over 100 yards and, and at least one touchdown, but you know, it's the opposite of what we used to say about Georgia State, which is Ellington throwing the ball is the only chance they have. You know, when he's out, now it looks like the only chance they have is if they run the ball for over 400 yards, and even still, they weren't within two scores. Yeah, I mean, it's the craziest thing. I mean, it's amazing at just how opposite this Georgia State team uh, can be. When the passing game's not there, well, the running game cranks up. When the running game's not there, the passing game cranks up. It's like one thing always is heavier than the other. And then when you look on the Monroe side, Caleb Evans again, I made that case for him a few weeks ago that he's one of the top four quarterbacks in this conference. And you can't ask for a much better game from Caleb Evans. 24 for 32, 291, three touchdowns. He did have the one pick, but he also had 110 yards rushing with a rushing touchdown. Yeah, I mean, Caleb Evans was was absolutely tearing up Georgia State's defense. And, and you know, it's kind of been shown that if Ellington and Barnett and those offensive players don't score a ton of points, it's really going to be hard for them to win games. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at an AJC article right now that says Ellington is out for an undetermined amount of time with a knee injury, which would be a huge blow to their season. Um, obviously, losing to ULM hurts, but they take on App at home uh, on the 16th this next week. So, I mean, you know, it, it's it's going to be a, a disaster if, if Ellington misses significant amount of time and you know, if Cornelius Brown, it looks like, is going to play against App. So, I mean, I don't feel great about their chances the rest of the year if, if Ellington can't go. Yeah, it's going to change a lot of things with this team. Expect uh, expect Trey Barnett to get a large share of the workload again against App. Yeah, but like, you know, we said, if Brown can't keep teams honest through the air, then, you know, teams are just going to start stacking the box with 10 guys. So, you know, but, you know, on the ULM side, credit, again, Caleb Evans was absolutely ablaze in this one, uh, threw for 291 yards and three scores, ran for 110 himself. Josh Johnson, his running back, helped him out a lot with 168 yards. You know, ULM has these stretches of the season where they just get hot, and there's no real reason to what happens or what changes, but, you know, they came out uh, on fire in this one. 
Yeah, they really did. And uh, give them credit where the credit's due. This is a Warhawk team that is trying to get two more wins to get to bowl eligibility. And, hey, it's possible because they have Georgia Southern, Coastal Carolina, and then the big rivalry game with Louisiana. It's not out of this question for this Warhawk team to get to six wins. I really do not think it is at this point. No, I, I mean, I feel like they have to win the next two against Georgia Southern and Coastal because I, I just don't see them going into Louisiana and beating the Cajuns. So these next two games are critical for them. It really is. But with the win, Louisiana Monroe getting to 4-5 and five on the season, 3-2 and two in the conference. Georgia State falls to 6-3, and 3-2 three, three and two in the conference. Well, the last game they capped off uh, Week 11 in the Sunbound Conference and uh, was one of the final ending games on the East Coast Saturday night. Game did not, did not end till almost 11 o'clock Eastern time. The Appalachian State Mountaineers went into Columbia at Williams-Brice to take on the Gamecocks of South Carolina. Uh, the Mountaineers, uh, what can we say, man? The Mountaineer defense seems to have a tendency to step up in really big games. We've seen it as far as when it comes to the majority of their big games. Outside of Georgia Southern, when you look at North Carolina, when you look at uh, Louisiana, when you look at now South Carolina, this team, it's almost like this team's the Ted Roof and the defense, they only want to show up for certain games. Yeah, it's strange. Um you know, obviously the defense was a huge factor in App coming away with this win. But when you look at App's offensive numbers after this game, nothing really stands out. And, and honestly, when you look at it, you would not imagine they have won this game. But, you know, credit to their defense, obviously, they, they stopped up South Carolina's running game completely and completely neutralized uh, South Carolina and their ability to run the ball. I mean, Halinski, their quarterback uh, for the Gamecocks, was really the only source of offense. And, you know, it, it's tough to be one-dimensional against any team and expect to come away with the win unless you're just absolutely far and away better, a better team. Yeah, I mean, I, I was there in person Saturday night in Columbia watching the game. And, you know, to be honest with you, I thought the game was going to – I thought App State was going to lose it there when South Carolina converted two fourth down and 15s there in the final minutes of the game to drive downfield and have that last shot. I mean, that for people that haven't seen it, that, that last play of the game, Brian Edwards was wide open in the back of the end zone and Halinski overthrew the ball. Now, granted, even if he would have called it, it wouldn't have mattered because there was a hold on the final play of the game, and so the game would have still ended anyway and it would have negated the touchdown but it's it's one of those things where I almost feel like the same case that almost happened against Carolina earlier in the season App State was up at one point 20 to 9 in this game in the second half and I really feel like the coach Drinkowitz got too conservative yeah I mean that's that can be a killer for sure especially if uh if you know but you can afford to get conservative when your defense is playing the way App's defense was. But, you know, I grew up a South Carolina fan. My dad went to South Carolina. Uh, you know, we said this when we were previewing the game last week. I, I've never believed that Will Muschamp was the answer to be a head coach at any school. Uh, so, you know, they're playing exactly how I would expect for a Will Muschamp-led team, um, you know, they ran for 21 total yards on 27 carries, South Carolina did. I mean, that pretty much says it all. 
Yeah, I mean, Coach Drinkowitz, he did an interview uh, earlier this week with a radio station in Charlotte, and uh, his exact words were, uh, when we sat down, we held South Carolina to an average run per uh, run per attempt of less than four iPod, uh, iPhones stacked up side by side. <laughs> That's about right. I mean, you know, it's kind of crazy when South Carolina's leading rusher is their backup quarterback, Dak Joyner. Um, you know, Rico Dowdle, who's been pretty good against teams like Georgia, uh, ran for nine yards on 14 carries. So, you know, like I said, credit to App's defense. They definitely stood up tall in this one and, and uh, came away with your second power five win of the season. Uh, I, I kind of wish that uh, that Tom Kleinlein for Georgia Southern could get us some winnable power five games instead of scheduling us against some of the top 10 teams in the country. Absolutely. Well, with the win, the Mountaineers get to 8-1 and one on the season. South Carolina fell to 4-6. and six. Well, we turn over to Week 12, and finally, all of our games are back on Saturday for the first time since all the way back early portion of the season when it was non-conference. And from the top, uh, it's uh, interesting. I feel like this game has some very intrigue to it. Coastal Carolina hits the road to take on Arkansas State this week. The Chanticleers fresh off that beat down, and they've had a little bit extra time to think about it at the hands of Louisiana as they make the trip to Jonesboro this weekend. Uh, Arkansas State, they had a bye week to prepare uh, for Coastal Carolina. Uh, the, the spread speaks for itself. The Chanticleers are a 12.5-point underdog. The over-under is 60-and-a-half. Uh, this game, I think I could see this game being uh, – interesting early but at the end of the day I think Lane Hatcher is going to be able to make some good plays through the air with his arm and show off that arm talent that he has as long as he doesn't start throwing interceptions that he's had tendency to do here and there uh, I think Arkansas State's going to win this football game yeah I think Arkansas State's going to win too uh, if I was going to bet on this game I would say take the over uh, I, I think that Arkansas State has a lot of playmakers on offense like Marcel Murray. Uh, you know, you mentioned Lane Hatcher. Omar Bayless is a good receiver for them. Uh, I think that they will score some points and they play almost no defense. So I could totally see this game going over. I think the, the total is 60 and a half. I, I, I would take the over on that all day. Well, and two, the reason I would shy away from Coastal Carolina is you just don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Well, you don't know who the quarterback's going to be, but even if you knew who it was going to be, there's no way to predict how they're going to play. That's there's it. no consistency like on a week-to-week -week basis. I mean, Bryce Carpenter could start this game and throw for 300 yards, and I wouldn't be shocked, or he could throw for under 100 yards. And either way, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. The quarterback situation is so Jekyll and Hyde that you can't predict anything when it comes to uh, – Coastal Carolina, but the game is sent for a 3 o'clock uh, Eastern time kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. Well, your Georgia Southern Eagles are back in uh, action at home where they've been good this year at home at Paulson Stadium in a must-win, dare I say must-win game here against Louisiana Monroe. Uh, obviously, they're coming in as the favorite at seven points. 57.5 uh, is the over-under. Uh, my question for you, if Georgia Southern was to lose this game to Louisiana Monroe and drop to 5-5, five and five, with their final games being at Arkansas State and Georgia State, if they were to lose this game, 
do you feel like a bowl game starts to become less of a possibility or do you still feel confident about it? Well, I, I think some of that would, would come down to whether Dan Ellington's out for the rest of the season for Georgia State or not. Uh, I think if uh, Cornelius Brown plays for Georgia State, that Georgia Southern could pick up a win in that game. But I feel like if Dan Ellington plays, Georgia Southern's just not going to be able to hang with Georgia State at this stage. It, it, where With these two teams and the way that they're, uh, you know, overall, before Ellington got hurt, their trajectories were opposite they were you know georgia state was trending up georgia southern you know outside of beating app has been like meh so so all year i I mean i think the play in this one is if you're gonna bet on this game is ul monroe plus seven uh even if georgia southern wins this game which i don't feel overly confident in uh i definitely think the warhawks are going to keep it within a touchdown for sure it's going to be interesting to to figure out. You know, this is a this is something to to keep an eye on. I mean, Monroe doesn't have much of a defense, and they give up over two hundred and fifty yards on the ground per game. So I I feel good about because you guys play better at home, and the fact that Monroe struggles against the run. I mean, they still gave up a lot of rushing yards to Georgia State last week. I I, I feel pretty good about your chances here. Well, I mean, if if the players for Georgia Southern are wanting this season to go exactly like last year, then we're going to lose to UL Monroe because the two game skid we went on last season was against UL Monroe and Troy. So if we're just do if we're just running it back and doing the exact same thing we did last year, then this is going to be a loss. It's going to be interesting to 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 watch on Saturday. The game's got a three o'clock kickoff on ESPN Plus between the Eagles and the Warhawks. Well, Troy hits the road to take on Texas State. The Trojan, if you would have told me going into this year that come November 16th when Troy goes to Texas State that Troy would only be an eight-point favorite, I would have told you you were crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, Troy scores a ton of points, so, I mean – I'll go ahead and tip my hand, I guess. Troy minus eight seems like a steal here. Um, I think that they're going to score enough points. I think you take the over as well at 60 and a half. Uh, they, they score a ton of points. They don't play much defense, but I don't think Texas State, I mean, other than Tyler Vitt, they're really lacking playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. They don't, Texas State doesn't run the ball very well. So, I mean, give me Troy minus the eight just based on their offense, defense notwithstanding. Yeah, I mean, to me, there's too much being put into this because Texas State won a game last week. I mean, as we know, it seems like like people in Vegas just kind of throw Sunbelt lines together. I feel like we've talked about that before. I feel like they're just saying, well, Texas State beat a Sunbelt team last week at home. They don't look into the fact that it was the worst team in the conference. Well, second worst, but, you know, South Alabama, you know, definitely gifted them a win. But, you know, Troy, they just seem to, they score a ton of points, like I said, you know, and I have a hard time thinking Texas State putting it all on Tyler Vitt's shoulders is going to be able to keep them competitive throughout this game for four full quarters. So, I mean, I think Troy wins this one by, you know, two or three touchdowns. Yeah, I'm right there with you. The game has a three o'clock uh p.m. Eastern time kickoff as Troy will head into uh, San Marcos to take on the Bobcats. Well, Louisiana, they hit the road to go to South Alabama. The Cajuns are monster favorites at 28 and a half.
and uh, 53 and a half on the over under line. Four and a half scores is what Louisiana is favored at South Alabama. Do you like Louisiana minus the points here? I think you have to hammer this over so hard. At 53 and a half, Louisiana just scored 48 last week. <laughs> I mean, if you think South Alabama is going to score once, then you have to take the over in this one. Um, I think Louisiana runs roughshod over South Alabama. I think the 28 and a half. I, I don't know if you could create a line big enough that I wouldn't want to take Louisiana in this one. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I'm right there with you. I would take the over. I would take Louisiana minus the points. I think it's a blowout. I think you're talking about with this running machine, I think you're looking at between Calais, Regis, and uh, Mitchell. I mean, Louisiana might run for 300 yards in this game. Oh, I think they might run for 600 yards in this game. <laughs> I mean, they might have four 100-yard rushers when you factor in those guys and Levi Lewis. I mean, South Alabama's had no answers for anything that anyone, any teams they've played have have done this year. So, I mean, I don't, I don't see how a line at 28 and a half, the over/unders, as low as 53 and a half. So, I mean, I think you just have to hammer the over and and just kind of hope that Louisiana plays like they did last week against Coastal. Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I agree with you 100%, but it's uh, got blowout written all over it. The game has a 5 o'clock kick on ESPN Plus between Louisiana and South Alabama. Well, the final game on the Sun Belt slate this week, App State now number 25 in the country. The Mountaineers entered the college football playoff top 25 poll after their win against South Carolina over the weekend. The Mountaineers are number 25 in the country by the college football playoff poll as they will travel to take on Georgia State in Atlanta on ESPNU, 7.30 kickoff on Saturday night. And, you know, right now the Mountaineers set at 16-point uh, favorites when we're recording this on Tuesday night. But I'll be honest with you, Brian, as more people start to see that Dan Ellington is not going to play this game, I expect this number to grow. Yeah, I mean, obviously Sean Elliott, their head, Georgia State's head coach, could come out and make me look like a fool sometime down the line. But – as of when we're recording this, he has said that they are planning on Brown being their quarterback. And with his inability to throw the ball, I think I have to take App with the points. And I think I have to take the under, actually, because I don't think that App is going to let Georgia State score very much. So this 62 and a half is going to be the under for me, just because I think App is just going to control that running game the entire time. Do you think the way Georgia State, they give up over 200 yards on the ground a game and t uh, over 250 through the air, do you see this being one of those Darrington Evan games where he rushes for a buck 50 plus? Yeah, I mean, you know, Georgia State, we've talked about it all year. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of sad that it took a Dan Ellington uh, injury for this prophecy to kind of, you know, come to fruition. But, Georgia State's defense, I've been waiting on that to come back to bite them all year. Uh, I think the fact that they don't have Ellington hurts the offense, but I think it hurts the defense even more because they're not going to be able to get bailed out by scoring a ton of points. So uh, I, I think Darrington Evans is going gonna, is gonna to run the ball a ton. I think App is going to play a lot of ball control and go up big early and then just kind of you know take their foot off the gas. So that's kind of the way I see this one going. 
Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, you, you, This is a game where I think Zach Thomas, who has not been the sharpest the past couple of games, I think he has the potential uh, to get back to his ways. I think uh, Sutton and Hennigan could be uh, big factors on the outside if the Mountaineers want to air it out a little bit more because I feel like they're going to be a lot more willing to test the corners and safeties at Georgia State than they were South Carolina uh, a weekend ago. I think the Mountaineers they keep the winning streak alive. And here's the thing. I feel like a loss for Georgia State in this game eliminates them from Sunbelt contention. Yeah, it's a nail in the coffin. Um, you know, them losing to UL Monroe last week really, really hurt. Uh, obviously, you know, they could probably have – been competitive in this game if Ellington had played but Ellington not playing and having lost last week is really tough for them uh you know you mentioned this for one second and now that I'm looking at his stats in front of me Zach Thomas has not only kind of struggled as of late but he's really not been all that impressive this season he's only thrown 14 touchdowns to four picks I didn't realize he he had you know thrown for less than 20 touchdowns so far yeah he has not been his his the schemes in Drinkowitz's offense there's a lot more short passes to what he's doing and they're not asking him to throw the ball deep downfield as much as he was in the uh in the Satterfield offensive game the Drinkowitz offensive game there's a lot more short stuff uh, to work with we're talking screens Drinkowitz loves trick plays I mean he loves to do some reverses he loves to do uh, all sorts of nooks Drinkowitz loves his running game though uh, Darrington Evans Marcus Williams I mean and all these other backs that we have he loves the running game hence why Evans has over 160 carries for the season uh, so far and, and you know we get a lot of backs involved Marcus Williams gets a big chunk of the workload uh, as well you know Thomas just isn't asked to throw that much he's ran a, a good portion uh, this year honestly my opinion I don't think he's run ran the ball as much as he should have uh, so mm -hmm. overall this year if you especially the South Carolina game and the Georgia Southern game if you go back and watch there's spots where he's back to pass he has a clear lane in front of him but he just doesn't run I don't know if he's not been turned loose in this offense like he was with Satterfield or what the deal is is, but I think it, you have seen the first year get right uh, between Thomas and his head coach Drinkwitz. Now, luckily, Thomas has one more year. A, he'll be a senior next year, so I think you'll see more of the old Zach Thomas next year. I think this year is just your typical, you know, your your younger quarterback who was just a first-time starter a season ago, lost his head coach that he was so comfortable with, and has had to get accustomed and acquainted to this new to this new guy on the block. And I think you'll see it come more to fruition next year. I mean, I think there's going to come a stage in this in this season and, you know, whether it be in potentially the Sunbelt championship game or a bowl game where Drinkwitz is going to have to take the handcuffs off Thomas and let him throw the ball down the field uh, in a in an important spot. So, I mean, I could see definitely see that happening in in, you know, potentially a rematch between Louisiana and App. Uh, where, you know, this short passing game and all has been, you know, efficient for them with Thomas completing almost like 63% of his passes. But I think there's going to come a time this season where they absolutely need to 
just kind of uncork him and let him throw it down the field a little bit. Well, as we've seen, App has the playmakers to be able. They've hit a couple deep shots this year, and we've seen it in spots to remind you, oh, yeah, this team has a passing scheme where they can blitz you deep with their receivers because Malik Williams has track-like speed. Darrington Evans just about is the fastest guy on the field every week, no matter where he plays at. Power 5, non-power 5. We saw that Saturday. He had a kickoff return. If it wasn't for a guy having an angle on him, he more than likely gets what he needs to score. I mean, and he's a threat in the passing game. They've been running him out of the backfield a lot on hook routes and curl routes out of the backfield. Thomas Hennigan has one of the the highest contested rate catch, uh, contested uh, catch ratings in the country this year, and then we let's not forget Corey Sutton is is as big of a playmaking threat wide receiver as the Sun Belt has. Yeah, like I said, I'm 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 a little shocked now that I'm looking at these numbers because you know obviously on a week to week basis I don't sit down and and stare at uh, statistics for every Sun Belt team, but. Like I said, I think there's going to come a time when Thomas is going to need to throw the ball down the field to some of his playmakers. And, you know, like I said, it may be in a in a rematch with Louisiana. It may it may take until the bowl game, uh, depending on who they get matched up with. But, you know, it I'm not going to say it's going to be this week against Georgia State, but I could definitely see a stage later in the season where he's going to have to throw the ball down the field a little bit. Well, the game will be on national TV Saturday night, ESPNU, between the 25th-ranked Mountaineers and the Georgia State Panthers. Well, man, that's going to wrap up our program uh, this week. I know that you and I both will get previews and all that out this weekend uh, with our games especially. They can find you on Twitter and watch the stone. They can find me on Twitter at Radio Guy AC. Uh, real quick before we wrap this thing up, the one big thing I'm looking for uh, this weekend is for App State to capitalize on no Dan Ellington, I think, uh, and, and really for this offense to get their groove back. The defenses got their groove back after last week, but we I want to see the offense get back into their groove where they got Darrington Evans at a down the barrel of a 100-yard rushing game, Zach Thomas at a you know, closer to a 200-yard passing game. I want to see the offense get back on track this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we do this uh, at the end of our show, when we try to pick the one thing we're looking for, I always try to go outside of just picking Georgia Southern every single week. I mean, you know, it's tempting to always pick your team as the one, but with the spread being the closest as of today when we were recording on uh, on Tuesday night, uh, the spread's the closest out of any of the Sunbelt games. I want to see if they stand up and are, you know, come out and try to be more competitive given how they kind of folded last week early. Uh, I, I want to see if if uh, somehow Lunsford comes through and, and really gets, you know, them motivated for a non-app team because outside of, you know, New Mexico State, who they blew out, they really haven't looked all that impressive in any game they've played this year. Uh, I think Bob DeBess has kept them super conservative in games that aren't the app game. Uh, so, I mean, now's the time to do it. They need to turn it on if they're if they're wanting to even make a bowl game, let's say, at this stage. So that's what I'm looking for. Absolutely. Well, once again, this has been the Fun in the Sun podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Radio Guy AC. You can find Brian on Twitter and Watch the Stone, and we'll have our previews and everything else uh, out uh, this weekend for our respective games that we cover at Underdog Dynasty. Man, good stuff as always, and we'll look forward to doing this again next week.
Yeah, absolutely. 